Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with an eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Are your money back? Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Speed Street on a snowy, snowy Speed Street in uh, downtown Indy, where both Connor and I are right now. It's um, it's crazy out there, bro. I know we we're both traveling this week, but we both were able to make it home, so that's great. Yeah, I, I think we have to give a. Well, I certainly would like to give a lot of credit to the Indianapolis airport. Uh, there was a high likelihood that my flight last night, which was Thursday night, uh, was definitely not going to make it. Everyone said, oh, yeah, for sure. It's going to be tough. It's snowing like crazy here. Sure enough, no delay at all. Took off, landed, all good. American Airlines, got to give them a shout out. I'm sure there was there was a lot of flights that were canceled. But for some reason, we I happened to slide into a window where it was all right. Now, the roads getting back home from the airport were not as great. And I had to park my car, my, my Tahoe, on the fifth floor of the uh, parking garage, which was the top one. So my entire car was frozen. <laughs> so it had suffered through all of the, all of the weather. And I had to essentially break the ice around my door handle to get in and wait probably 20 minutes for the car to be running to start melting the stuff so I could just leave. <laughs> Did you, that's, that's just like the worst scenario. When you get back from a flight, you're, you're tired, you're you're grumpy you've been wearing a mask for six hours you're you know you just want to get in your ride and go home and then you sit there for another 20 that's brutal i mean it was it was 10 30 at night i didn't leave till like 11 15 and i i left when i could see like there was four inches of the windshield that i could see through but I, boy did i leave i was like there's no way i'm gonna sit here any longer the windows weren't able to operate they were all frozen shut it was like my my car still actually this morning <laughs> has an entire layer of ice on it. So we made it, though. I wanted to get home. I wanted to get in my own bed and sleep. Um, but, yeah, it's, we were out in, the, out, out in Charlotte uh, working on the simulator. Uh, we got a lot of simulator days before this uh, first race this season to try to get our, get our car doing all the, all the things that we want it. So simulator for the entire day, me and my teammate, Young Renus. And uh, we'll be back there again next week, too, for another uh, simulator day. Yeah, man. It is. Uh, we, we, this is our first show, February. We are officially in race month for IndyCar. We got NASCAR coming back the clash out in LA this weekend. Very excited about that. So racing is fully upon us, which is great. Um, but before we get into that real quick, it's on, still on the topic of the airport stuff. I gotta <laughs> say, man, <clears throat> I really think that we just spend way too much time on the runway, like on the tarmac, sitting in the plane. What are your yes. thoughts? <laughs> I mean, I think there has to be a process of you can't just roll planes around the, the, the runway at 30, 40 mile an hour. I mean, I like it, but I assume there's a big FAA program where it's like, hey, there's a speed limit of – five to no mile an hour 
and I mean, to be honest, I assume there's a lot of aerodynamic purposes that you can only take off when, you know, planes have gone a certain a distance. But I wish we could just be firing planes out here and there. Like, you know what I mean? One lands, one's taken off. One lands, one's taken off immediately. You know what I mean? I, but these are big machines. And I, I don't know what it takes to operate a plane. I did have a sponsorship with the U.S. Air Force. That jet seemed to take off pretty quickly when I was riding in it. Yep. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's just a giant bus of people. I mean, that's what it is. It's just an Airbus full of folks. And well, it's, it's I a mean, little bit slow moving. I – you know, I'm typically one of the last groups because I always forget to check in. Uh, you know, I'm not one of those people that immediately bang 24 hours to your flight, check in, get one of those first groups. But, and I think part of it is because even when I'm one of the last people to check in to then board the flight with one of the last groups, I'm still waiting, just sitting there for at least 30 minutes. And so I'm like, okay, so I'm going to be one of the first ones. And now I got a 50 minute sit in this claustrophobic airplane with a mask on my face. And I got to <laughs> wait until we get going. I mean, I, I was, it was really just like, I guess because I had, you know, I had four flights in a matter of about 24 hours because each of them were connecting somewhere. And so I had all this time where I was like, guys, what, I mean, what is going on here? We are, we have been sitting here for at least 30 minutes. What are we doing? It's a wild process because that, that that's honestly why people – like I drive to a lot of the races around the Midwest because people, people ask like, oh, well, why do you drive to Alabama? I'm like, well, there's no direct flights from Indianapolis to Birmingham. And if you're going to, you know, get to the airport and then fly – from Indy to Atlanta and maybe drive from Atlanta or Indy, Atlanta, connect to Birmingham. You know, that's a solid six hour adventure, uh, maybe less, maybe four or five, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it just depends. Like I've had some of the worst travel luck, I think in the history of human life. Um, it was a very, you know, that's kind of where the hashtag bad luck Connor really originated was the amount of flights that I had delayed, canceled, um, and I've been on a pretty decent streak lately of, of, of good stuff. So that maybe what goes around comes around, you know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough, man. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of things we got to wait on a lot of things that I wish could go a little bit quicker, but I'm sure there's wild amounts of, you know, insurance clauses and certain things that, you know, rules you got to follow. So the planes don't fall out of the sky, but I, I, I do understand um, this type of frustration because I've sat at the airport for many, many hours in my life. And I've sat on the plane for many, many hours of my life. I sat, I'll never forget the 2014 Indy 500. I was coming back from London and I sat on the plane on the runway for like three hours before the plane even took off. And it meant I missed the start of the Indy 500 when I got back home. It was, uh, it was very, very annoying, but you know what? I, if, if, if I were the boss of the plane industry, I don't really know if I could solve their problems. I, I just, I don't, I, I mean, I assume there's so many things that I just don't know about it. You know what? We have, we have fast passes and skip a lines ah. at Disney world and at Kings Island and all these places. I, I want a fast pass at the, at the airport. I, I want you to get on the plane. You're not waiting on, you're not, you're, you're in motion within 10 minutes of everybody on the plane. Boom. You're there sitting down. The people, you don't have to do the security stuff because you paid. You sign a thing that says, yeah, I don't need to have the whole introduction from, you know, <laughs> the flight attendant lady or guy to give me the security rundown. I know what it is. I'm signing it. Bam, there you go. Here's an extra fifth, 150 bucks or whatever that I just get on the plane. Ten minutes in, you're off and you're running. because if, if Efficient flights. Yeah, we'll call it efficiency airways. We'll do I that. Like I like and, this. I well, think people you know what that really – you know what that really is? That's just being rich enough to have a private airplane. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's the answer is realistically, you just have to have enough money to have a private airplane. You can show up one minute before the flight, zip on out there, no security. You could have a handle of Tito's chugging that sucker as you walk in there. And you know what? doesn't matter. You get on that plane, it takes off and goes wherever you want, whenever you want. So you know what? Maybe that's what we should aim for. That's <laughs> You're, that, that, is a, that is a very, very good point that you bring up there. I still like efficiency airways. That's, I think you could still sell some people on that for sure. You know, the people, who, yeah, are, the people, yeah. who, the people who are rich enough to like constantly have first class but not rich enough to have their own 
private jet, I think that would be a really good demographic there where they would yes. definitely drop that money. I completely agree. There's like a there's like a middle ground, right? Like you you you're you're platinum plus, you've got all the stars on your little platinum star card or whatever it is. Yep. You've you've been on hundreds of flights because you're a working person, whatever it is. And you know what? You're gonna be like, all right, I would like to upgrade to efficiency air which means you can just show up and just jump on. Now, I, I'm a big TSA pre-check guy. That helps a lot. I only show up to the airport most of the time, like 10 minutes before boarding. And I will say, Indy Airport has been very, very efficient for me, but there is still that whole process of boarding takes 35 minutes to load up everyone on this, you know, the flying bus. Um, and, you know, it is what it is. But here we go. I'm about to, you know, we're, we're about to be flying a ton in the next few weeks so i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna get real used to it real quick i knocked on wood for you for the travel luck um, thank you so my wooden desk need to need to keep that coming back all right so i just had to get that out of me because we both were traveling you were in charlotte <laughs> i actually connected to charlotte so we might have had some crossover there uh when we were both in that airport i don't know but you were in charlotte you were doing um you know you're on the simulator how'd it go how, how we feeling how, how's it uh riding for you you know what, man, it's, it's, it's cool to be able to at least, you know, get to work. Um, you know, we have a lot of things we want to try and, and, and the purpose of the simulator is really to, um, you know, give us the best possible options for the one day that we get on track before the season starts. You know, we have one, you know, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., whatever it is, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Um, and only probably four sets of tires on a test day. Uh, you know, to run through as much as we can. So that means we have to try to eliminate what we don't think will work virtually. Um, and it's hard to really do that, but Pratt and Miller and Chevrolet have honestly done a really good job, um, you know, with, with their technology, with what we've got. Uh, you know, I was on the simulator this week. I'm going to be on the simulator next week, and then we're going to be in the car, and then I'm going right back to the simulator right afterwards. So I'm going to have three days in the sim and a day in the car before we get to the first race. And, you know, it, it's, it's just important. It's important to log laps. You know, we did a lot of laps at St. Petersburg. We did laps at virtual Sebring because we're getting ready to go there. Um, and, you know, we have all the tracks really at our disposal, but we're, but we're also, you know, trying to make sure we get those first three races, uh, you know, all locked in, you know, Long Beach was another track that we obviously really struggled at last year. Um, and so we've been trying to do a lot to at least get us, uh, you know, in a better window to start for when we get to Long Beach. So there's a lot we can do. I mean, there's a lot of really smart people there with a lot of big brains, and uh, and and Chevy's done a great job on uh, on continuously really evolving this this uh, this sim program. And um, I mean, it's it's pretty legit. It's it's not a you know I even track my heart rate during the sim, and and it you know that you have the same steering wheel, you have the same physical load as as what should be you know in the real race car it moves around the belts tighten and you know my heart rate will get up to like 150 in the simulator i mean and it just seems like oh well you're just sitting there playing video games i mean it's not really like you're you're driving the car you're trying to hustle it, lap, hustle it for lap time and um you know it's, it's 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 a good workout for the day too so so that's kind of what we got going on and i, I share the day with my teammate renis was good to see him after um after his uh, rolex podium um and again for him like he just spent a whole weekend and a 24 hour race driving an entirely different car. Right. So it's good for him to kind of get back in the IndyCar motion, uh, get back into, you know, what, what does an IndyCar feel like? Uh, so there's a lot, a lot of uses for, you know, for the sim and it's, it's good work. Are you, you and Renus like, does it work like Mario Kart? Do you guys get to race each other or is that <laughs> not how it goes? I wish there's uh, it's only one at a time. So he'll, he'll usually do three hours. I'll do three hours or two and a half, two and a half. And then we just split the day up. Um, but it would be cool if we had two side by side and we could just let it ride and just, just throw some shells, maybe some banana peels, whatever it is. Well, I was envisioning it like at, you know, like Chuck E. Cheese or like an arcade where you have like the three seats set up and you, you know, you and your buddies or your cousins or whatever get in yep. together and you sit by each other and then you pick the same track. The, the Fast and the Furious little seat video games where you can yes. double tap the pedal to do the wheelie and, and do the backflips off the jumps. Yeah. I, that's how my, you know, naive ignorant to a simulator not a race car driver mind that's what i thought it was is you get in there and you're strapped up next to renus 
and you're on the same track, picking the same car, you know, or at least the same kind of like engine and everything. And you guys choose go- your upgrades, choose your upgrades. Do you want more downforce? Do you want some nitrous? Do you want push to pass? What do we want? You know what I mean? Exactly. Choose your upgrades. Exactly. But that's not how it's you, what you're telling me, what you're disappointed me with is that's not how it goes, huh? Sadly, no, we, uh, you guys get to listen to music or you have like your, your tech, your engineer and shit in your, in your ear. Yeah, no, I mean, it's like, it's legit. It's, it's communication with the engineer all the time. You know, we've got the sound of the car in our ears as well. So it's, you know, it, it's, it's about as real as they try to, you know, try to make it. I think, you know, the next step maybe is get, get a neck G simulator. I, I, I was on the McLaren simulator once in, uh, back in Europe when I was doing all the development for force India's simulator at the time. And, uh, they, they had where you'd put on a helmet and they would connect it to a neck G simulator too. And I think that would be the next step for that sim to really kind of wow. have, have something that starts pulling your head as well uh, when you're going around a corner. So I, I'd be down for that. But you know what? Sometimes it's just overkill and you're like, we, we just want to develop the car here. We want to make it faster. Sure. You got to, you got to put this, you got to make a, you got to get strong neck game in the off season, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I actually sit here at my house and I, I, I keep reminding myself, I've just put, I put on one of my helmets and I just lay lay off the couch and just let my head hang there for as long as possible. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like one of the best things you could do and just weight your head a little bit and just let the head hang off the couch while you watch Netflix. And suddenly you start losing blood flow because your neck's throbbing. And then you know what? It's like, all right, time to switch to the other side. <laughs> wow. That, uh, so you're being serious. You really do that. Oh yeah. Yeah. It looks weird. I promise you, but it's anything to get the neck ready for race one is, um, is imperative. It's, it's the first two races of the season are two of the really like most physically difficult races when you're coming off the off season. St. Pete is hot. It's a street course. There's no air movement. Um, the cars are really hard to drive on the street course. Uh, and it's a long race. And then you got Texas, which is a no rest type scenario and you're out there, you know, battling at 220 miles an hour in the heat. Our Texas race is like middle of the day this year. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be hot as balls. Um, and we're going to go out there and you're going to be raced too. So the body's going to be fresh. The arms are going to be sore. The heart's going to be pumping. Um, it's, it, it feels a little bit better once you get into the middle of the season. But, uh, but yeah, these two, these two first races are, are definitely tough right out the gate. In solidarity with you for training, I'll, I'll put my Mandalorian helmet on and I'll lay off the end of the couch and, you know, watch Star Wars or whatever I watch and just, just to get the feel of it, you know what I mean? So I can exactly. really experience it with you. Get yourself in the zone. Pre- pretend you're the Mandalorian. Let's get ourselves, which I've been watching the book of Boba, Boba Fett, by the way. Very nice. Good show. Good show. I'm, I'm not fully caught up yet, but I'm enjoying it. I like the Star Wars content. Just wait. Just wait. No spoilers, but just wait. Yeah, yeah. We know no spoilers on this program, but I'm excited, man. I think there's, uh, that was a great show. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I, I, I would also like to know, you, you obviously mentioned you were traveling this week. Yeah. You were doing some pretty cool, um, some pretty cool stuff, and you got to meet uh, a lot of incredible people, obviously. Um, but I think in, in your life, this would be a large introduction, you would say. I actually did not know that you, did, you had not met this man before. And um, I, I, will, I will leave it to you to let the people know, because this is a very famous man, a very well-known man. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I did not know you did not know this man. Yeah. So I was at the Senior Bowl uh, down in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, now, for those who maybe aren't as familiar with football or professional football, the Senior Bowl is a chance for um, dudes who played college football who were seniors who are leaving to go to the draft. Uh, are able to go. It's basically like an all-star game for seniors to get eyes, to get exposure uh, for NFL scouts, NFL GMs, coaches. Um, and it happens every year in Mobile, Alabama, uh, right before the combine that comes to Indy. And so uh, the folks who run the program invited me down there. They're like, hey, we'd love to have you come down, uh, be at practice, hang out. Um, and then we're doing this event 
um, on Tuesday night of that week uh, with with Kirk Herbstreet from ESPN. We, uh, we all know, love Kirk, right? Uh, but then yep. there's going to be a bunch of college coaches there. There's going to be, you know, um, Brian Harson from Auburn and James Franklin from Penn State and, and Steve Sarkeesian from Texas and, oh, Nick Saban from Alabama. Now, right. as you mentioned, me and Nick Saban have quite the um, – let's just – we have quite the history. We have, you know, a lot of people uh, when they hear my name, a lot of people from not around Indian people who don't know me, and even some of those people, um, you know, when they hear my name, they think of Nick Saban. And when they hear Nick Saban talk, they think of me and vice versa because of, you know, what I've established there, which is great. Yes. But I have not met this man yet. My first viral video really of my life um, and what really started me to, you know, on the, on the pathway to where I am was of Nick Saban, Thanksgiving 2019. And obviously here, two and a half years later, almost three years later, whatever, I still have him in the repertoire, throw him out there every now and then. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a very popular thing in my life. People want me to do Nick Saban impression. People say, oh, have you ever met him? Oh, have you talked to him? Oh, what does he think? Oh, can you do some Saban for us? Blah, blah, blah. So that's I'm like, hell yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, let's go. Uh, yeah, I'd love to. So they want me to come down there. They want me to be a part of this event. They want me to kind of open it up, be the host. Um, you know, and then I had to interview, I not had to, I got to interview Robert Sala uh, from the Jets, the head coach for the Jets, and then Dan Campbell, your man, Dan Campbell for the Lions. Motor City Dan. Motor City Dan. They were both on, we were, all three of us were on stage at the same time. They were awesome, super fun. Dan was hilarious. Um, but yeah, so I did that. But then the idea was to obviously, hey, you know, the Nick Saban guy, Joey, and Nick Saban are going to be in the same building, on the same stage, possibly, at the, at the same time. Holy cow. So I'm like, okay, how is this going to work? Like, am I going to get out there to do it for him? Is he going to be in a good mood? Is he going to be playful? Is he going to be pissed off and, you know, annoyed that he has to do something like this? Yeah, so I go, into the event, I go into the event very skeptical, you know, just – because Coach Saban is Coach Saban, and he's prickly, to, to, to put it kindly, I guess you could say. <laughs> uh, rough around the edges would be another way. So how this event worked out, Connor, was it started at 6, supposed to go to 7.30. I was supposed to be on stage for about the first 20 minutes of my opening act and then having Sala and Campbell with me. And then Herb Street was going to come on and interview Sark and Franklin from Texas and Penn State. And then Saban and Harson were going to come on with Herb Street at about 6.45. So I do my stuff, interview those coaches. It's a great time. goes well. I come off stage. I still haven't seen Saban yet. So I'm like, <laughs> what's, what's going on? They're like, oh, he somehow got double booked for tonight. He's coming here, but he had to go somewhere else before, and he's not very happy. Oh, no. So I'm like – great <laughs> this is this is fantastic now it's like oh here's joey in his clown hat trying to sound like me and, and now now you guys now he hates you <laughs> exactly so he's pissed he's not even there yet it's like 6 30 right so i go back backstage in the green room area and i'm just kind of hanging around waiting my job for the evening's done you know um and i'm just kind of waiting around to see if saving's going to show and if we can make this happen so Finally, I leave my little, they had like separate rooms for each person. Like, so it was nice. Like I had my own little, like, you know, those Hollywood mirrors where it has like all the light bulbs around them and everything. Oh yeah. Green room life. Yeah. That's what it's all about, baby. <laughs> it, was, it was very cool. It was very cool. So I was back there. I was just chilling with my phone charge. And then finally I walked back out and I, I, you know, kind of peek around the stage and behind the curtain, behind the stage, I see him. I, I see coach Saban got the red blazer on you know the loafers you know the whole aura it, it, it's him and I'm like oh fuck it's yeah I'm like it's him wow but my man is pissed because it's like 655 or 7 and he was supposed to be on stage at 645 and he ain't on stage yet Herb Street and Franklin and them are, are yamming it up and they're, they're going over their time all right so so Saban is just pacing back and forth, hands in his pockets, head down, not talking to anybody, just 
pacing. You what do you tell, think he's saying to himself? What do you think he's saying to himself right there? You can tell there? he's fuming, you know? I mean, just like the things that he was saying in his head, he was probably just MFing everybody, just wishing the worst on Herb Street. On <laughs> Why am I even here? So I'm like, damn, I'm definitely not going to go say anything to him right now. So finally, they get off the stage. They bring Saban and Harson on like 20 minutes past when they're supposed to be on. <laughs> So finally they're on stage. Thank God. All right. <clears throat> so I'm back there still watching, listening. I'm, you know, I'm like 30 feet away from Saban. I'm watching him back. I'm watching him on stage with Herb Street. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. He's talking, doing a good job, you know, getting a lot of hell yeah's and, and, and whistles <laughs> and cheers. Cause you know, we're in South Alabama. So he's like God down there. Oh yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> I go up to one of the ladies who's running the event and I was like, Hey Lauren, you know, uh, if do you think you could do me a favor if Coach Saban comes off after this and I can grab him and he's game? Could you take a picture for us with me? <laughs> She's like, Yeah, I can, but I don't think he's very happy right now. And I was like, Yeah, I figured. It's so almost finally, like it's it's almost like like he's the coach of a football team, obviously very large attention paid to this football team. You know, potentially one of the most popular college coaches in the history of college coaching. But like, this is the same type of, I feel control and, and aura that like, if you were trying to meet Brad Pitt, you know what I mean? Or if you, if you were trying to meet like, Oh, Hey, there's a Scarlett Johansson up there. Oh, I'd love to say hello to her. It's like, well, she doesn't know you exist and she doesn't care to know you exist. It's like, Oh, all right. You know what? Great to see you guys. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like a, it's a, it's anytime you get around people at that level, it's, it's wild to think that like they have people basically guiding them through life, telling them who doesn't matter at all and who does. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Especially in state at Alabama. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and not only that, but just how they have like really minute by minute, their schedule planned out for them every day. Right. Why? Like I'm, I'm sure Saban was pissed because like that's 25 minutes that he lost where he could have been on the way to recruit somebody, you know, like, honestly, that's probably what was yeah. going through his head. Um, so finally Herb Street and them wrap up. I'm off to the side of the stage and <clears throat> I'm off to the side of the stage waiting for coach Saban. He's walking off, does his wave and everything for everybody. He's walking right to me. He kind of stops just kind of head down, not really trying to make eye contact with everybody, kind of looking for his, his guy, his handler to get him out of there. So celebrities like, don't make eye contact. That's the thing. They, no. Celebrities never – you can never catch them in the face because if you do, they know they'll probably have to stop or do something. Exactly. And so, I, you know, I was like, screw it. I'm going for it. And so he's right there. I go up to him. I, said, I was just like, coach, hey, how are you? Uh, Joey Molinaro, nice to meet you. I think I even said, nice to finally meet you, you know, to kind of like, yeah. that would trigger it. Still doesn't even look at me. Puts his hand out. You know, still looking for his guys, just like, yeah, well, all right, well. And that's all he did. Shook my hand. Walked away. Never that's saw him it. again. Never saw him again. I don't even know your way. He may have teleported. I mean, he, he was gone. <laughs> so that was it. I feel like someone should have teed that up a little bit better for you. That that shame on those uh, producers of that stage event there to not like like this is a, a man who has now reached a very large following on the internet, being you, and you do a pretty good job at relaying a lot of Nick Saban's messages to the people, or you know potential messages of him in the future. I'm disappointed in the producers of said event. I am. I, I mean, look, I don't know Nick Saban, obviously, but I am, I am sad that you guys did not have a little chuckle together or a little, hey, great to see you. You know what I mean? I, I, I am too, but I, I think to your point on that, Connor, I really, I can't even put any blame on the producers of it because everybody's just so freaking scared of the guy, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't blame him. I wouldn't want to be the person that's just like, oh, hey, coach, by the way, um, this Jagoff who uh, impersonates you and makes funny on the internet, he wanted to have a little chat. You have uh, five minutes. That would be a nightmare. I would not want to do that. So I, I guess I can't blame them for not wanting to either. 
It's very interesting because you just basically described something that is almost, you know, it's like meeting a, a worldwide known celebrity who is known by almost probably every single person in this country. I, I mean, if you haven't heard Nick Saban's name and you're in America, I mean, you, you, I don't, I don't, you must be living really under a rock. Because uh, I didn't even go to college, but I turn on my television. I watch <laughs> ESPN every now and then, you know what I mean? Um, and I can't even imagine what that's like actually as an athlete. Like, if, if you get recruited to play at Alabama, right? Like, let's say, like, I actually, I had a friend, um, Mac Hereford, who played, who played for Alabama. Yeah, I know Mac. Yeah. Yep. Played for Alabama. And, you know, he's a great guy. And I said, and I just, I, I think to myself, who, what about the guys that, you know, obviously everyone who gets, you know, chosen to play there, right? Who gets, who gets scholarshipized to get there, you know, they're obviously all well qualified, but like, how do you every day go into that workshop and just be like in and, and be able to interact with him normally? You know what I mean? I guess it's, it's, it must be a different mindset, right? Cause like, like did these players, like, do they get to coach text like, or text coach Saban? Like, Hey coach, what do you think about this? Like, I don't know. Like, does he have time for that? Like what's, it's a crazy, it's a crazy thing to think about that they can be so wildly popular and probably can't walk anywhere without being noticed but also they have to like coach a really competitive team and show up and win every game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a very good point. I, I, I thought about it and you know, people, I read Saban's book or one, one of them that was about him. And you know, that one of the common things was like, yeah, he is socially cold, socially kind of awkward, but like he does have the ability to really like turn on the charm, especially when it comes to recruiting. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you know, the proof is in the pudding with that. Like, <laughs> he has how many draft picks, how many first-rounders, how many All-Americans, right? So, I mean, and he just keeps getting the best players. So, he definitely has a way with that. What I'll chalk it up to, I think, is that, one, he had that 20 minutes where he was, you know, behind schedule, and, yeah. and so he, felt he was pissed about that. And, two, the environment was kind of, like you said, like, he was just in such a get me off the stage, get me to my guy, get me out of here mode that he wasn't even really trying to make eye contact or look at anybody because he knew he'd get bombarded. So I'm kind of chalking it up to that. You know, I'm, I'm hoping that maybe in my next venture or whatever, like if we have the opportunity to actually get to like, I interview him or something, I think he'll be a little bit better. But just in this oh, yeah. first moment, it was so perfectly saving. He had soft hands. His hands are very soft. It was, you know, <laughs> That's important to know. There's a nice, I mean, I, like, grandpa hand, you know, like when your oh, grandpa's yeah. hand is warm and soft. And, yep. you know, it's like, okay, that's good. This man so. means business for sure. I, I think it's really like, because I've definitely been, you know, fortunate enough to meet some, you know, some people that I, I consider to be, like, wildly famous, right? Like, that are, like, that have incredible jobs, that, like, are, are, are respected, whatever. And I'm like, these people shouldn't talk to me. You know what I mean? I, I don't get it. And if I text said person, I'm like, oh, I'll probably get a response, you know, maybe in a month, maybe never. Um, but like, it, it's wild to think about how, like living in that lifestyle, I, I don't know. It's just like, how do you, how are you able to do all of that? It's, it's amazing what the, the human mind can take, right? Because like, you have to, they, they become different than, than, than like you and I, right? Like, if they are, and to be fair, like, honestly, like, I guess sometimes if I'm trying to walk to the race car, I'm not going to make eye contact with anyone either. Like I, if I'm walking sure. to Indy 500 practice, I do the same thing. I'm, I'm guilty of the same thing. Can't make eye contact with anyone because everyone wants to talk about something and I got to go do my job. Right. Like that's yeah. like, I get it to a certain extent, but I don't, consider, I don't consider myself, you know, like a, a famous person. Right. But it's, it's amazing to see. Like I've been in that exact same situation before. Right? I was like, I would love to meet this person, whether it's a, you know, an actor, a musician, whatever it is. And they're like, you have that one moment when you're coming off the when they're coming off a stage or whatever, and you you think, what are the right words to say? Do I say a quick joke? Do I say, hey man, like I DM'd you on the Instagram? So, you know, like what, like how? Because because whatever you say sounds so stupid right out the gate. Like especially if you're like. Hey man, uh, my name's Connor Daly. I'm 30 years old, and we DM'd once on the Instagram. Like, I, you can't get all that out in like 30 seconds, or right. not even 30 seconds, 10 seconds. And I have, I, I look back at some things sometimes where, like, I think I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember who it was. It was Paris Hilton actually one time, 
I, I, I had obviously met Paris before and, and Marco Andretti had introduced me like to her before in the past. Marco knew her for a long time. And, and every single time I go up to her, I've met her like six times and I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm friends with Marco. <laughs> like that's the only thing I can say. Well, yeah, because obviously, with somebody like that, especially her, you know, she's going to be like the mean girl from high school that just doesn't oh, yeah. care about your feelings at all and just will absolutely eviscerate you, you know? And so it's like, well, well I, don't I mean, she's always been nice, but like, I, I can only imagine how many times people come up to anyone of that nature is like, hey, like, I'm friends with your 14th cousin twice removed that lives in North Dakota. You know, like, it's, it's kind of funny. Yeah. And I'm like, I hate to be that guy, but I, lo I love, like, I try to talk to people. I'll like, I'll happily go introduce myself and make a fool of myself. Cause sometimes like it works. Sometimes it's like, Oh cool. No way. Yeah. Like great to see you. And then we, and it's like, Oh, that, once you finally actually get into conversation, you get past the point of them looking through you like a mirage. You know what I mean? Then, <laughs> then it's like, all right, then now we're friends. You know what I mean? It happened to me one time. Uh, uh, yeah. Two years ago when I was down in New Orleans for the national title, LSU Clemson, and uh, I was in a suite and I was walking through the hallways of the, the suite area to get back to mine. And as I'm walking through the hallways, I look up, Vince Vaughn's walking right towards me. Oh. And so I'm like, you know, I have this, this panic attack in my head of like all these things that you just mentioned. I'm like, what the hell do I say? Do I call him Vince? Do I call him Mr. Vaughn? Do I say, hey man, do I say like, I love your movies? Like, what do I say? And I just, I, I was just like, screw it. I'm just not even going to bother him. And we just walked right past each other, did like a head nod. He probably appreciated it, but like, still, I'm like, damn, man, I wish I would have like been, you know, not been not such a little bitch and just said, hey, yo, love your stuff, man. Like, I don't know. But yeah, yeah it's, it, it's so tough. Like, just a little tip of the cap does feel good sometimes. You know what I mean? I, and I think sometimes I've, I've done that to a couple people that I, like, I wish I could meet, but like, if you're in an area anyway, like if you're in an area that's like a backstage or a, or a, like a, a green room type scenario, or like if you're where, you know, the big crowd isn't, I think there's a little bit of a mutual respect to that like type of area anyway. And sometimes I feel like, Oh, maybe they'll just think it's cooler. And like, maybe they'll want to talk to me if I just kind of walk by and be like, great to see you or like great, great performance up there. Turns out it never happens. No, but, uh, but yeah. if you feel cool, oh, about it, you move on. Thanks. Yeah. You're like, you know what? I wasn't desperate. I didn't, I didn't go up to him and be like, Hey, great to see you. My name is Connor. Would love to chat with you sometime. I'd love to set up a zoom call. Let's do so. Like, I, it's just, it's one of those things that I think a lot of times you just have, if, if you ever have a chance to meet someone that you've always wanted to meet, because I still have a lot of people I want to meet, I think it's always interact with them just like they're another human. I think that's the, that's the biggest thing that I think people respect is that anytime I've talked to these people, I obviously know who they are, right? You're like, hey, great to meet you. Like, uh, what do you think about this? Or you talk to them like a, like a normal person and never, never say like, oh, you know what? I was like a really big fan of you on this, this, like they appreciate that. I'm sure. But like, I don't know. I've always thought that if you, if you just have a normal conversation at first and then like maybe later on, you're like, Oh yeah, dude, that was really cool. Actually. When you did that, like I, I really liked it. Then it's like, all right, yeah, sweet. Like this guy's got some respect for what's going on, but tough situation. It's always tough to judge and just know, I would like to, I would like to let our, you know, our supporters know that if, if I, happen to walk by you at the racetrack and I'm focused on things. Don't, don't think that it's not because, I mean, it's because I don't want to talk to anyone. I'm going to work, but, but I will most likely talk to everyone, but it is hard because I, I love interacting and I'm a talker. So I will talk to you for a little bit, but sometimes we got to go to work. You know what I mean? We got to get in that. We got to step in the arena and then go to battle. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I, I echo it. I'm not that I'm getting behind the wheel of a race car, but you know, a lot of times it'll happen uh, with me where I'll, all of a sudden, like I'll come back home and I'll get a message. It's like, Hey man, um, I saw you at uh, Starbucks, but I didn't want to say anything. Didn't want to be weird. So uh, <laughs> I'm like, well, now it's kind of weird because you're like, you know, uh, just, Hey, just, just say, Hey, you know, like it's no big, you know, like, I mean, we're not, we're not Vince Vaughn or Nick Saban, but no. you know, we have people who, who, who know who we are and who want to talk to us and take pictures and whatnot. Like you said, just 
Hey man, really enjoy your stuff. Hey man, best of luck, all that stuff. Absolutely. Let's go. Let's chop yeah. it up. You know, you don't gotta, you're not bothering us. You know what I mean? No. Like, I, I love it. Like I, I, the funniest part for me is, and I think I'm sure you get this as well sometimes, but like the people that like try to are like, you can obviously tell they're taking photographs of you, right? Like you see over the shoulder, they're doing like the, this or the, the taking photographs of you while you're sitting there eating. And I'm like, I can literally see that people are, I literally see, I see you like, right. I was like, feel free to come up to me. Like we are, I'm a nobody. Like I'm just a guy also sitting down here eating dinner. And it's like, I, I always tell people, I was like, absolutely. Like, they're like, Hey, w would you actually take a photo? I was like, of course I'll take a fuck. I don't mind at all. And like, I, I asked this to, to Milo Ventimiglia one time who I hope to get on this podcast at some point. We will see. Yes. But I, but we, we were having dinner before the Indy 500 last year. And I was like, uh, I was like, you can definitely tell that like people are always like, kind of like not stalking you, but like they, they see, he's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I've seen this, this woman already over here there. I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I can see that stuff too. And he's like, yeah, I mean, he's like, honestly, it's always better if you just ask. And if, and if you, and if you can't, if he, if, if, if we, if he can't take a photo with you, he'll be like, yeah, I can't right now. But as long as you ask rather than being creepy about it, it's always better. Always better. Yeah. So <laughs> that was, I'm glad, uh, we got deep. I'm glad we got deep into, uh, trying to interact with our heroes. <laughs> well, it was, Hey man, it was, it was like a, a long awaited moment that, you know, it could have ideal in an ideal world. It would have gone better, but at the same time, it was hilarious that like, you know, earlier that day I was chopping up with coach Joe. Um, yeah. but, you know, I got, you know, he was at practice and so I went up to him and, and, and he was fantastic. He was like, hey, Joe, I love it, man. Let's take a photo, man. My favorite guy. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, he's doing so great and so cordial and asking me about how I was and all this stuff. And then, you know, so it was very like on brand for their two personalities, which, which was great, but yeah, successful week. Maybe we'll get a sit down with coach Saban. It'll be a little different uh, some other time, but a one-on-one -on -one for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no doubt. No doubt. Um, big weekend this weekend, man. We had, um, we had Rolex last weekend and we're about a week out of that. So, don't want to spend too much time on it. I watched a little bit of it. I took it in because we had talked about it and a lot of our friends were in there. Um, what were some of your thoughts on that before we hop into to the big showdown this weekend? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, – I, I, I felt bad for everyone at the Rolex because it looked like it was freezing cold. Uh, you know, it was a wild, a wild series of, of days where everyone seemed like they were dressed for Colorado. Uh, and and it, was, it was tough. Uh, it was actually the one time where I was like, I always want to be racing there. Um, and, and I've watched plenty of Rolexes as well, but like, I definitely didn't, unless I was driving, I did not want to be there. Like it looks, it just looked very cold. And I saw a lot of people that were there and having great times, which is awesome. Like as, as long as you get enough Bud Lights in, you can have a great time. I'm sure when you're, when you're watching the Rolex 24. Um, but yeah, there was, you know, a, a great battle for the win. There was a lot of really good racing, honestly. Um, Elio Castroneves, of course, w wins again. He, he wins everything. He's sort of like a – I think he's an alien at this point. He can just do anything he wants at all times for any age. Um, and, and I – yeah, good, good, good friend of mine teamed up with him as well, Tom Blomquist. It was cool to see him win. Uh, poor our, – our, our pal Alex Rossi had to come home second, which is tough. Uh, finishing second at that race. Uh, you know, it, it's like the Indy 500 there's really only the winners, you know, you get a, you get a trophy for finishing second and third. You definitely don't get any trophies for finishing second and third at Indy, but, um, but, uh, you know, the, 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 everyone wants to go down there and win the Rolex and our pal Colton Hurd, I got a Rolex as well. Another one, uh, along with uh Pato award IndyCar actually had a pretty successful, uh, pretty successful run down there. IndyCar guys, um, got a few watches. So, Pato Award, Colton, Devlin D. Francesco, Alex Ross. Well, Alex Ross, he did not get a Rolex. Excuse me. Elio did. <laughs> but uh, Mike, Mike Shank is a team owner as well. He's been, uh, he's been winning a ton also. So it was a good race. There was incredible GT, GT battle at the end, the two Porsches that were absolutely hammering each other. I thought that was one of the greatest battles of sports car racing that I'd ever seen. I don't know if you saw that, but it's, it's something worth watching if you go to the YouTubes. Um, two Porsche guys just absolutely hammering each other and, and, uh, came down to the last corner of the last lap after a 24 hour race. So That's it was funny. really cool to watch. It was really cool to watch. I think. 
Was it? Um, I heard, I saw you. You called out our guy Alex Rossi um, for playing Call of Duty reportedly to kill time. Is that not happening? Was that false? There is, I don't believe Alex Rossi is playing Call of Duty for one second. I like that. I I, I assume that he was relaxed up in his motorhome, having a nice cup of coffee, maybe a nice warm beverage of sorts, maybe hydrating, maybe even getting an IV, something like that. Um, but there is no shot that guy was playing Call of Duty. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was so cold and everyone was so delusional down there that he had fired up a new game that he'd never played before. I was going to say, would you have been playing if you would have been down there? Nah, see, I don't own a motorhome, so I, I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't have. I probably would have been in a tent. <laughs> no electricity in that tent. Right. Yeah. So successful weekend down there, in Daytona, and then now um, NASCAR is back this weekend. Yes. A full weekend of NASCAR events in LA at the Coliseum. Man, this is wild. When they first were promoting this, I was like, "How? What? What? Like, is it big enough? Is it?" I just couldn't wrap my head around it. And then now I see the photos, and it looks it looks pretty insane. Yeah. I. You know what? I'm still. I, I'm. I'm very curious to see how it'll go i think they've obviously made it look pretty cool um you know they already put it on iRacing they got a virtual track um and they put on iRacing which is really cool um but it's i mean these these nascar cup cars are big cars right like when everyone thinks of the cup series certainly when i think of it I, i'm thinking daytona 500 you got 43 cars out there doing 200 miles an hour you know close to 200 miles an hour moving around a lot. Um, but th you know, this is a track where you can really only fit like 24 cars on it at a time, maybe not even that much. Um, so like there's, a, there's a lot of guys that are not even going to get to race, you know what I mean? And, and it's, it's, it works very much like the chili bowl, like what we did a couple weeks ago with like, you know, transferring to another heat race, like, right. They're going to have, they're going to have heat races. I believe that, you know, figure out only a certain amount of people will get to make it to the final, the final event. Um, and that means like I was talking to, uh, you know, a friend of mine from, uh, from, 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 uh, from RCR, uh, just last night, um, Richard Childress racing. And, uh, that's obviously a very successful team. And I said, man, what do you think is going to happen? He's like, I mean, honestly, you're just going to have to move people out of the way to make it into the race. Like it's going to be, it's going to be a wreck. Like you're, someone's going to have to wreck some. And I think the, you the, think that'll be more exciting or just more messy. I don't know, honestly, because. At tracks like Martinsville that they go to, I think you get enough speed to where you can kind of move someone, uh, you know, respectfully or not respectfully, but it looks like Martinsville is a tiny track. But, I mean, this is – I believe this is even smaller. Uh, and they were saying they're only going to get up to like 60 miles an hour. Um, and that's – you know, that, that's slow. So, I, 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 don't, I don't know how it's going to work. And if you hit someone, it's not going to do a ton of damage because you're not going that fast. So, maybe they'll just be beating and banging the whole time. Um, <laughs> And, and that'll be interesting. But I, I, I hope it goes well for them because I do think the concept is really cool. And obviously racing in L.A., uh, you know, is important for NASCAR. Uh, it's important for any racing series. You know, we're lucky to have Long Beach. But, I mean, they're, they're at the Coliseum, right? Like, that's, that's, that's a pretty, you know, iconic destination. Um, but I'm very curious to see who doesn't make the race, who has troubles. You know, they were even saying, uh, you know, my friend from RCR was saying last night, like, they're only allowed to have one crew guy in there per car. So like once the car's out there, like that's about it. You know, you're not going to be having a bunch of dudes, uh, you know, wrenching on these things. You got one guy, you got a car chief out there and, uh, and that's your guy. So, um, you know, the rest of the crew guys, I, I was told are going to be watching from the stands. Oh, so, uh, so it, yeah, so it's going to be really, really interesting to see, but either way, it just means racing is going. It's, it feels weird that we're going to be watching NASCAR start up their season Obviously, it's the clash, so it's not necessarily a points race, but it's before Daytona, right? Like, it's, it's interesting to see that it's not going to be at Daytona. Um, and obviously, they've put a lot of promotion into it, so it better work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have, man. The logo looks cool. I mean, the, the promo with the, you know, throwing it back to when they used to race there, what, like 60 years ago or something? Long time oh, ago. Yeah. Who knows? Did they race there? I don't even know. Yeah, I think in the, in the promos, I think I've seen, like, throwback footage. Maybe it's just throwback footage of – In general. Without the cars in it. I don't know. But, I mean, it looks really exciting. I'm pumped. I mean, especially the weekend before the Super Bowl, right? I mean, you get oh, – yeah. 
with the weekend to yourself to where, you know, football fans like myself, when it, I would have been watching football and now I'm straight up just going to be watching NASCAR, you know? So yep. I'm, just- I'm thinking I'm, I'm going to go lay out some picks right now. I'm going to go, this is obviously as well, the first race of the, their new car. So that yeah. could be really interesting. You might see some names that you haven't seen up front run up front. You know what I mean? Because the cars might be a little bit more equal now. Who knows? Um, but I'm, I'm going to pick a, a, a top three, not necessarily top three finishers, but I'm going to say the top three performers of the weekend. And this could be wildly off base, but I've tried to, I've tried to pay a little bit of attention. I'm trying to think of who's good at short track racing. Who's, you know, who's been on a heater lately. I think you have to go with Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson is very talented. He's good at small tracks. And he can move you out of the way, which I respect. Uh, I think we're going to have uh, one dark horse pick here. Obviously, my friend Corey LaJoy. Corey LaJoy has to be has to be out there. Cor- great guy. Corey's got this car that is probably closer in competition-wise to the car he was formerly driving. Um, but, again, I think a lot of it's going to end up being luck, too, because it's going to be hard. to if you're, if you're starting 14th, boy, it's going to be hard to get up to first. You know what I mean? So – I'm thinking Kyle Larson, Corey LaJoy. Oh, man, who's going to be my third? Who's going to be my third? Let's say Chase Elliott. You got to go with the hot numbers right now. Yep. Either that or Denny Hamlin. You, it's, hard to not, it's hard to not pick those guys. But I hope, that it, there's, I hope that there's some wild names in there that we don't know. Maybe Ricky Stenhouse Jr., something like that. I don't know. There's still some beef going on there between Chase and Denny? I don't think so. I think I think I I think everyone I think there's always beef in NASCAR. It's just a matter of how you slice it and what's it. You know, what, what weekend, what weekend. Like, oh, we're looking to the 2022 beefs now. Exactly, but it, it's exciting to have some racing going on. I mean, we've got you know, then we've got Super Bowl weekend, which is you know, which is obviously going to be great. Uh, and we're we're testing right after the Super Bowl weekend. So there there's a lot going on next week as well. We can talk about the clash. We can see. You know, we can go through that, those results, and see what, what it looked like. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. And well, there was also this week as well, we had the first Formula One car uh, get debuted for the Haas Formula One team, um, which was very interesting. There's obviously a lot of new regulations for Formula One this year, um, and the cars are going to look wildly different, and this one does look wildly different. Uh, still, the American F1 team is uh, wildly Russian. Uh, looks like the most Russian car I've ever seen in my life. It's actually a little bit offensive that that team is still an American team. I, I don't know how that works. How does somebody? Uh, like, how do you look at a car and say, "Oh, that's a Russian car. That's an American car." It's the Russian. I mean, it's the Russian flag. <laughs> the entire car. Oh, oh I thought like <laughs> no, thought the entire about, like the design, <laughs> the setup of the car. Okay, that's easy. Oh no, yeah. No, the car is just painted like a Russian flag. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, that, that one's, that one's tough to see, uh, because you know, it is what it is, but the car itself looks really interesting. Like the way the, you know, the, the, we've got the big wheels now, uh, we've got a wildly differently shaped hips. It looks like essentially. Um, and, and I'm curious to see, you know, what the rest of them look like. It, it, I, I mean, I hope this one for their sake is good because the last few ones of theirs have been terrible. Um, so yeah, hopefully Haas can come out and have a great, you know, whatever this unit is, this car, but it's, it's really cool to see kind of a new era of formula one. Um, and I'm sure that the real car will look a little bit different from what they revealed, but the, the car reveals for formula one are always a big thing is the first look at what these guys have created um, from ground up, right? Like the, the Formula One designed their cars from the ground up. They have certain regulations and they got to do it. Uh, and, and they got to fit within that window of regulation. So it's cool to see. And, and I mean, again, another sign that racing season is very much upon us. Hell yes, it is, man. It's, it's, uh, I know NASCAR, you know, it, it wasn't that long ago that we were done, but it has felt like, you know, a while, especially for IndyCar. Holy jeez. And, uh, and, and here we are. We're, we're, we're right on the doorstep of it. So, cool. You want to wrap up? Uh, we, got a, we got a driver? Oh, yeah. Yep. We do have a, uh, <clears throat> we do have a uh, random uh, Ricky Treadway random Indy 500 driver of the week. Um, we went with the 1999 
Indy 500, uh, which was won by Kenny Brack for AJ Foyt. Uh, Kenny Brack beating Jeff Ward and Billy Boat. Uh, again, great, great drivers. Um, <laughs> yes. There were a lot of, a lot of people. Now this era, I was starting to become a child that now knew racing. I understood it a little bit more. I was at this race, obviously. Um, and I remember Kenny Brack winning. I remember, you know, Tony Stewart was in this race. Um, you know, uh, Stan Waddles, who I believe was a random Indy 500 driver of the week was in this race as well. But this, this guy I'm going to go with here is, uh, he finished 23rd and I, now I don't know much about this, this, this driver, but Wim Eichmann's W I M Eichmann's E Y C K M A N S. I did not know about much about this man. He is a Belgium fellow. Yes. A Belgian. Now Belgian drivers usually pretty good. You've got. Stoffel Van Dorn, got Eric Bachelor. Um, I mean, talented people. Uh, and and yeah, Wim Eichmanns. I don't believe, I don't like. I don't remember. Like, I I remember a lot of these names from when I watched the race. You got Jack Miller in here, Johnny Unser, Sam Schmidt, Scott yeah. Sharp, Scott Goodyear, Steve Knapp, like Jimmy Kite, Ari Leyendijk. I mean, there's a lot of guys that I did know, but I don't remember Wim. Yes. All right. Let me tell you a little bit about Wim. Um, Wim was born on March 23rd, 1973. So he's 48, about to be 49 here um, in the spring. He started in karting in 1986. He's been in prototype racing since 2003, participated in the Formula 3000 in 94-95, ran the Indy Light Series in 98 and 1999, which we are talking about. He ran the said Indy Light Plus 500 on behalf of Cheever Racing, finished 23rd. Oh, yeah. Now owns a successful karting company. And the reason that you're probably not too familiar with him is because um, he only ran one Indy 500, and that was in 1999. He did not um, qualify in 2000, the year after. Well, shoot. There we go. Yeah. I mean, he spent two years in IndyCar. Um, and and that, that uh, 19, 1999 one was uh, his only run in the greatest spectacle. There you go. You see, it's interesting. I actually had someone, there was someone that tweeted us um, that said it's important to, uh, you know, list people that also did not qualify. And because it is so hard to qualify for the Indy 500. And look, I know that. <laughs> I've had to qualify for this race. So, like, there's definitely no disrespect to anyone that did not make the race, especially because my dad also did not make the race at one point. You know what I mean? So, we respect anyone who's trying to who's trying to get out here. And again, it's really interesting to see how many people tried to qualify for this event. I loved the, the era of, you know, you had like 10, 12 people that were trying to qualify for the event and don't make it. I mean, it's such an interesting, such an interesting field to look at. Um, when yeah, you I see mean, in this how- race alone, you had 11 people, 11 people who failed to qualify, whether they were bumped or practice crash or, or what have you. Yeah. I mean, that's just, it's just, it's wild to see. It's, it's such a great, such a great race. It's so difficult to, so difficult to win, so difficult to make it. And if you do make it, it's, you know, it's an awesome deal. So that we definitely true. respect those. We respect those folks who, uh, you know, who were not able to make it, but Wim did make it and we're going to, we're going to talk about it. Yes, sir. 23rd finish, uh, Tony Stewart finished ninth, uh, Robbie Gordon fourth. So, there you go. Yeah, I mean, so that was our Indy 500 driver of the week, that's as usual, which is very exciting. Yes. Um, next week, uh, we will be back, obviously. Uh, there will be a lot to discuss via the NASCAR race. I'm sure there will be controversy. Maybe people will start throwing fists. Who yeah. knows? Uh, maybe we'll have a guest. Who knows? I keep firing off text messages and getting ignored. So I don't know what's going to happen yet. We'll get we'll get it going. Yeah, we'll be back next week. Um, again, a reminder uh, to subscribe, to follow us, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we're available. Leave us a rating and a review. The numbers, I, I, I check them weekly and they keep growing uh, on, on subscribers, on downloads. So thank you uh, for listening. Thank you for following along. Continue to grow it because like we said last week, we want to continue. We want this to become a neighborhood. 
We want Speed Street to start off as a street, a corner, and then all of a sudden we got a nice uh, cul-de-sac, a nice neighborhood. So uh, keep telling your friends, keep telling race fans to come hang out with us every week because we're just getting started. Racing season is upon us. It's very exciting. So leave us a rating, leave us a review so we know what you like, what you don't like, and so other people see us more often. We really, really appreciate it. Um, yeah, so for Counter Daily, Joey Molinero, we'll talk to you next week on Speed Street. Speed Street.